Scott to unmute once again. Great start to the show. We're a little bit late, unfortunately, because of some technical difficulties. And uh, Garth got harassed by some crazy old lady, apparently, right before the show. But um, we're back once again with another episode of Puck Around. Obviously, my name is Noah Dog Dibler, joined by my good friend and co-host, Guard Charger Patrick. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Uh, yeah, other than being held up by some crazy lady walking her dogs. <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, really big night for your guy, Phil Kesselnaugh. He's, I don't know if the game has kicked off quite yet, but he will be the new Ironman of the NHL with his start tonight, setting the all-time consecutive starts record. Uh, but yeah, just honestly really fired to be up, be on here to talk some hockey. Uh, it's been a really good start to the season so far. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think that game kicks off at 1030 because it's a West Coast game. They're playing the Sharks. So like you said, he will break that record. Uh, that is one of the topics we'll get into a little bit later. I think it's actually our, our fourth topic. I'm looking at it right now. Um, but we have a nice show tonight. We have, we're going to discuss some more teams that, you know, are either overachieving or underachieving. Um, we're going to discuss a big injury to a defensive core up on one of the teams um, that's really underachieving as well in the Vancouver Canucks. Obviously, Phil Kessel. And then towards the end, we'll do our predictions once again. I've already gone ahead and picked out the games this time, so you don't have to worry about doing that. And then, obviously, our teams of the week. Uh, so we'll get right into it. Waste no more time since we got started a little bit late. Uh, the Boston Bruins guard, a uh, team that, you know, I, I know when we talked about them in preseason, I think most people would agree, kind of, you know, in that wild card team range, you know, the top three of you're talking the Lightning, the Maple Leafs, and Panthers. Most people, you know, had a lot more faith in those teams than the Bruins. But so far, the Bruins, uh, I think they're actually playing right now as well. So we're going to keep an eye on that. But right now, they're 5-1, and one, Garth, surprisingly leading the Atlantic Division. One point ahead of the Panthers. Um, obviously, your Lightning and the Maple Leafs have gotten off to, to a bit of a slow start. Uh, but Postonark's been phenomenal. He has 10 points in six games. Um, obviously, you know, Bergeron, and uh, he's doing his thing as well. Krejci, you know, stepping up this year. And then other guys, you know, you know, not, might not expect AJ Greer's doing well on the wing. Obviously, they still have Tear Hall. Jake Dabrowski is doing good. On uh, the defensive core, Hampus Lindholm, you know, one of their most recent acquisitions. Um, I'd, I think like a, a year or so back, I want to say. Uh, doing really well in the defensive core. Connor Clifton has been phenomenal so far. And this is a guy that, for most of his career, Garth, has kind of just been a top six defenseman, but he's getting more playing time this year, over 22 minutes time on ice, and he's absolutely killing it. And obviously, in that, uh, Linus Olmark has actually been getting most of the playing time ahead of Jeremy Swayman, which a bit of a surprise, but so far, Garth, he's 4-0 and with 929 save percentage, 2.23 goals against average. Absolutely killing it so far. What are your thoughts on the start of the season for the Bruins, and do you think they could keep it up, you know, as one of the top teams in the Atlantic? Yeah, I talked to you about it a little bit earlier in the day today, actually. I am, quite frankly, shocked by the start that the Boston Bruins have had jumping out to 5-1, and one, as you have there in the thumbnail. Um, you know, this is a team that I thought for sure would get off to a slow start. They have a new coach. Uh, they have a lot of injuries and changes to their lineup from last year. Uh, like you said, Olmark getting the majority of time in net, which also, other than the hot start, is surprising because mm -hmm. Simon, I felt, looked really good last year towards the end of the year and definitely, you know, had his moments in that first postseason series that they played so I was kind of shocked I thought that he would be kind of their guy at least for the majority of the way this year um, maybe there's something there behind the scenes that we don't see or know about not really sure on that one but on the other side of things Olmark has looked really good for them so 
no need to not, you know, stick with him and continue to rack up those wins. And for a division where most of the teams that we thought would be really, really good this year, like my Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, have gotten off to a slow start. The Bruins have wasted no time uh, jumping out to 5-1. and one. I think they've got the Stars, if I remember correctly, tonight. Uh, so very well could end up being 6-1 and one, uh, by the end of the night. But, yeah, just completely shocked, honestly. No, I, I thought for sure they would have a slower start to the season. Yeah, the game has just kicked off against the Stars, like you said. And credit the Stars as well, Garth. They're 4-1-1 four and one, four, one and one as well, so they're off to a very hot start as well. Um, but I agree with you. Definitely very surprising. I will say, um, it, first of all, they, they have the forwards to keep scoring the entire year, right? We all know that the top line is phenomenal. And if they keep getting this depth scoring like they have, at least to start the year, uh, they'll be a formidable foe. Where I would question them a bit more is, first of all, you know, while I said, you know, defense and goal today has been good to start the year, can they keep that up? Because, you know, it's a lot of guys overachieving, you know, playing above their level. Brendan Carl's also out with an injury. Um, McAvoy as well, I believe. So there's Marchand a couple. Marchand as well. Yeah, Marchand's out as well. So they have some, you know, decent injuries. And Olmark, you know, like I said, he's off to a great start. But for the most part in his career, he's been a career backup. Yeah, Can't I would expect that to cool down here at some point. Yeah, that's the thing, you know. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep it up. Obviously, he's off to a phenomenal start. Um, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, a solid six games to start the year, Garth. It's another thing to, um, you know, be elite the entire course of the year. And I don't know if he can do that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they keep it up because, like we said, the Atlantic's tough. And, you know, I know the Lightning Leafs have gotten off to, you know, mediocre starts, but I think they'll get it going again, be up right near the top. Panthers look really good as well. I wasn't expecting them just to start off as hot as they have, but they're only one point behind the Bruins, like it says there. To Chuck is a great there. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been phenomenal. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, I hope they keep it up because, you know, it makes it more interesting if they stay up near the top. Um, just give me a second real quick, Garth. I, I did forget to upload some pictures uh, before the show, so we'll get that going. And then move on to our next topic. Girl, we're going to talk about a team that's doing not so well that some people thought would probably do well, uh, the team that the Bruins beat in their last Stanley Cup Finals back in 2011, the Vancouver Canucks. Playoff team, you know, a potential playoff team in the West Guard. Um, and while I don't think either you or I had them in the playoffs, we both kind of said, you know, that that one team that, you know, it's kind of a bubble team, could maybe make it as a wild card or whatnot. But uh, unfortunately, they, they just had a terrible start the season. They lost to, I think it was the Hurricanes last night in overtime, I want to say. And now to start the year, they're 0-5-2. I believe they're dead last, not just in the Atlantic. I believe they're dead last in the, in the entire NHL so far. Um, absolutely horrific start for them. Um, unfortunately, they, they did just get hit with a major injury, which we'll get into uh, in a few minutes uh, to discuss as well. But they did lose 3-2 last night to the Hurricanes. Um, so it's been an absolutely abysmal start for them. And for a team that has some really good players, uh, Elias Pettersson is the first one that comes to mind for me. Brock Best is really good. Obviously, Quinn Hughes. But they do have some injuries, Garth. Uh, Besser was out for last night's game. Um, we'll get into Hughes a little bit later more specifically. But they're off to a really bad start because, Garth, their defense is not doing well. They're giving up over four goals a game. Um, what the fuck is this? Um, they're giving up over four goals a game, like I said. Even though Pedersen is point per game, you know, Horvat's doing his job. Miller's doing their job. Pretty much every single player on the team, Garth, other than, like, a couple guys are, like, minuses, and they're severely in the minuses because they can't defend. Uh, the goal thing has not been good. 
Thatcher Demko, you know, we've kind of thought of as, you know, pretty young, promising guy. 872 save percentage in six games, 4.06 goals against average. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not been a good start. What are your thoughts on the Canucks so far, Garth? Because, you know, potential playoff team, and it's just been about as terrible a start as it could be for them. Yeah, only team in the NHL without a win so far. Even teams like the Coyotes have managed to get, you know, in the winner's column before them. Um, you know, it just it looks really bad on and maybe even more importantly, off of the ice. I have seen a ton of stuff, you know, kind of like frustration coming out into the media spotlight from the players. You know, a lot of these veteran guys are really starting to not only question the leadership, you know, the front office of this organization, but they're kind of fully throwing them under the bus in the national spotlight. Whether they're right or or not, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, It's just the fact that Obviously, these players are kind of really fed up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these better guys start demanding trade or massive change. Um, You know, they've been saying stuff like, you know, the management keeps telling them they're in a rebuild every single year. Just be patient. But they're not doing anything to actually rebuild, like going out and signing free agents, trying to make splashes, you know, in the draft. Uh, And the older guys who have been there who are good players, you know, some of the guys that you just listed off, they've, you know, are really starting to get fed up. And it just feels like it's a really bad vibe uh, there in Vancouver. And, you know, when you have players publicly trashing the organization, that Mm -hmm. does not equate to wins, uh, especially when you're struggling this badly on the ice. Like you said, a defense that's playing so poorly and a guy that we both like, and Thatcher Demko, who has not looked any good in goal, despite, you know, not having much in front of him to try and help him out. So, you know, do they turn it around? Quite possibly. You know, there is a lot of talent, honestly, on this roster. Um, if they played to their potential, could definitely compete for, you know, at least a wild card spot. Um, just as of right now, I'm not very high on this team. I think it's in total disarray. Uh, got off to a slow start, and now everybody's kind of pointing fingers and throwing each other under the bus. And it's happening in the national spotlight, not just behind closed doors. Yeah, and I think it's a really tough division for them to try and claw back in guard because the Knights are off to a phenomenal start. They're five and two. Flames are four and one. And the Oilers, you know, they're three and three, but look, we know they can do better than that. They've gotten off to a bit of a slow start. They're starting to get it going offensively. They scored six goals against the Penguins the other night. Um, and I saw they were last I checked, they were in a three to three tie. Um, I don't even I think they're playing the uh, I don't even remember who they're playing, honestly, but I feel like they they were they're scoring goals, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And we know they can do that when they make David and dry sidle. So, you know, really bad start for the Canucks and they're going to have to overtake teams, you know, not even the top three, because I don't even know if they can catch them. But, you know, teams like the Kings, the Ducks, who have gotten off to kind of mediocre starts as well. The Kraken are off to a pretty decent start. Um, six points to seven games, which isn't great, but considering how bad they were last year, uh, it's definitely a big improvement for them. So, I don't know. It's really tough. And speaking of really tough, Garth, uh, it's going to be even tougher for them with this uh, because Quinn Hughes, who, you know, an issue was day-to-day. Um, apparently that injury has gotten worse or something. I don't know exactly what's going on, but um, they initially thought it'd be day-to-day. Recently, is placed on the IR, and now it is considered the lower body injury is considered week-to-week. Um, Hughes had five points in his first five games, but he has missed the last two because of this lower body injury. And for, you know, a defensive core guard that other than 
Quinn Hughes, Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, Noah Juleson, Tyler Myers are pretty much Luke Shin. These are like the only names I even recognize. They have a ton of other guys, obviously, but there's really no one on this defensive core that I look at other than Hughes that and think, man, you know, that's an absolute stud right there. So without him, I mean, Larson's Ekman Larson's a good veteran, right? You know, Myers is a big guy. Juleson's still pretty young at 25. Shin's a veteran, but none of these guys, you know, it's just a massive drop-off guard. It really is. And like I said, when you know, when the team is just struggling as bad as they are in a division that looks pretty competitive, at least to start the year. Um, not just the top three, but you know, all the other teams, the younger teams just kind of fighting it out. Uh, this isn't a division, I think, where the Canucks can get off to a bad start. And they're scoring, you know, a decent amount. Like, it's not like they're just, you know, getting shut out every game. 2.57 goals for per game. It's not great, but it's not terrible. But like I said, the defensive goaltending has just been atrocious. Uh, their power play 16% is meh. And listen to this, Garth. Penalty kill percentage. League average 79.5. Canucks 57.1. Wow, that's they're- absolutely abysmal. They're getting I know absolutely most teams, shredded. Whether or not they reach it or not, most teams' goals is to be as close to that 90% mark as possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even just, just like 80%, like 75 to 80% guard, like it's not great, but it's passable, you know, for sure. Especially 80%, that's a, that's a pretty solid mark. 57%, these teams' power plays are absolutely decimating them, and they're not doing great 5-on-5 five five either, so... You know, not not to get back, you know, off track guard, but Quinn Hughes, what were your thoughts when you saw this? Because, you know, I think, you know, pretty much everyone knows this guy's an absolute stud. He was off to a great start the year, even though the team was struggling. But now they got to do it without him, and they were already, you know, losing a lot of games with him. Yeah, huge blow for this team. Personally, really big fans of both Quinn and uh, Jack Hughes, the two brothers there. Um, you know, you, you went through and listed off all the names. This is a defensive unit that there's not – you know, a ton of guys that you look at it and go, wow, that's like a top defenseman in the NHL. Um, you know, so it's a group that's already not very deep, a group that has not been playing well. Uh, and, you know, the worst part about it is it'd be one thing if you looked at this team and went, you know what, they've got a lot of uh, things to work on defensively, but Demko is kind of holding the ship together and doing enough in goal to to keep them in games. But the thing is, he's not playing good enough to, you know, like stand on his head every night and do enough to where even though the defense is bad, they're still in most games they play. They've been straight up, you know, blown out in most of these games. It hasn't been close. I forget the exact numbers, but I was reading something where, you know, like the how badly they've been outscored and it's not even close. So, you know, for a defensive unit that's not playing good to lose, uh, you could make a very easy argument. Their best defenseman here in, in Quinn Hughes, um, it's not good. And I think, you know, these next few weeks of the season, you're going to see really the mindset of this team as a whole, and especially its ownership in terms of, you know, do they firmly believe that this is a playoff caliber team? And are they going to try and go out and make a move, you know, bring somebody in, or are they kind of kind of ride the storm out and, you know, possibly even move, uh, move one of those veteran guys to try and gain some draft capital. Uh, so the, to me, these next few weeks are going to be really telling uh, for the future of this Vancouver Canuck team. Um, yeah, I agree completely. And, you know, they're at a crossroads because, you know, I do think they are a good team. They have talent. 
But um, look, if you can't get a single stop on the penalty kill and you're basically leaving your goalie out to dry, because Demko's a good goalie, man. You know, he's a promising guy. I think he has a really great future. But um, look, 857 save percentage or whatever the hell it was, uh, that's not going to cut it. So um, real quick before we do move on, um, StreamYard has decided to shit the bed tonight, unfortunately. I do not see any comments at all. But then when I go to the thing on our Facebook page, it says we have six comments. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting the same thing here. I see your guys' comments here. I have the show pulled up on my phone, uh, and I see all you guys' comments, and I appreciate it. Unfortunately for me and Noah, it's not showing up here on the StreamYard end of things. Yeah, so we'll just go through the comments real quick. Um, our buddy Hank Addictor says, LGR, let's go Rangers. What's up, Hank? Uh, Tom says, what's up, guys? How you doing, Tom? Um our buddy Mike DeSanto says, "What is happening in Vancouver? Terrible start." Yeah, we, He's we in just agreement with us here. <laughs> yeah, we just that comment says was 15 minutes ago, so he was a little bit ahead of us on that one. Um, he he also says JT Miller has been a big problem, and that's a good point as well because while Miller does have five points in seven games and four goals, Garth, he's a minus five, so his line is kind of getting shredded five on five, and you add a add that to the fact that they're also getting killed on the power play. Um, for a guy that's getting over 20 minutes time on ice, uh, that's definitely not good for them. So we'll see if they can get it going. Um, apologies if we can't read much more of your comments. Uh, StreamYard chose a perfect night to just completely crash. Um, but uh, actually, no, it's not StreamYard. I think it's a Facebook problem. What a surprise. Mark Zuckerberg screwing up something once again because <laughs> that never happens. But um, regardless. He's a Canucks fan. He's not very happy tonight. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think he, I don't think he's Canadian, but I think he's kind of ne- near Canada, if I remember right. I don't remember for sure. He's from New York. Okay. Um, so, you know, friggin' New Yorkers, man. That's just how it goes. Well, with if he's sometimes. a Sabres fan, then he should be uh, far from mad as they are off to a hot start. It's true. I didn't even mention the Sabres when we're talking about the Atlantic. They're off to like a four and one start or something. Yeah, well, and um, they've looked they're... good, too. It's not like they're just kind of squeaking out victories. They've looked really good. A lot of guys, uh, you know, younger guys, that are looking really good, like a J.J. Paterka. Uh, older guy in Alex Tuke, he's looked phenomenal for them. Better in impact there. Yeah, they, they do play the crack in the night, so, you know, we'll see if they can um, get in their win there. Uh, but their goaltending has been great as well. Eric Comrie, you know, I saw a stat guard that he's had, like, two games in a row with 40-plus saves, which I don't think has happened ever in Sabres history. If it has, it hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah, uh, I will say, no, that is not a good recipe for long-term success, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it's great that he's playing at this level right now, mm-hmm. um, but, it, uh, you know, he's not a guy that, that's known for being like a stand-on-his-head-every-night type of guy who's going to be able to continue to block that many shots for the remainder of the season. Yep, so, um, you know, we'll move on. Um, the Sabres, uh, Senators are starting to win some games as well, so we'll see how that division goes in the future. But moving on to our next topic, and one I'm absolutely thrilled to talk about, one of my favorite players of all time, Phil Kessel. And, you know, it's kind of funny, Garth, because the meme with Phil Kessel, right, is, oh, he eats too many hot dogs, he's way too fat, you know, it's, it's a bit of a meme, and while it is funny, the guy conditioned himself like an absolute animal because – He's going to break the record. You mentioned it a little earlier in the show. The Ironman record of 989 games set by defenseman Keith Yandel, who did just retire in the offseason. Very good defenseman. Um, but Kessel has played, you know, the equivalent of basically almost 13 straight seasons, I think that is, without a single injury, without missing a single game. Uh, did it with the Leafs. Um, I don't 
think this goes back far enough to when he played with the Bruins, but I could be wrong. But obviously when he's with Pittsburgh, uh, I think he was with the Arizona last year, some crap like that. And obviously this year he's with Vegas, 989 straight games. He's going to do 990 when the uh, Knights play the Sharks in about three hours, I think it is. Um, what an absolute legend, man. I just got to say, Garth, you know, I'll let you get in this in a second. I absolutely love this guy, obviously. Big part of the Penguins winning back-to-back cups. And, look, I'll hold my hands up in, right now and say it. Crosby, Malkin, you know, Latang, Fleury, franchise legends. The Pens do not win those Stanley Cups without getting Phil Kessel on that team because it gave them an entirely different element. They had depth scoring. I don't think a lot of people realize this, Garth. Phil Kessel played on the third line during those Stanley Cup runs for a good amount of time, but he was so good, and he was exploiting those matchups on the lower lines. He was basically point per game in the playoffs, absolutely killing it. Honestly, I think he should have won Conn Smythe one year, so they gave it to Crosby. And Look, I love Crosby. I'm never going to say he was undeserving. I just think Phil Kessel was a little bit more deserving that year. Um, even when he was in Toronto, the guy was just absolutely killing it year after year on some teams that were pretty crap. Like you compare those Leafs teams to now, like it's not even close. Um, and he was still, you know, pretty much the star player in every single one of those teams, point per games consistently. Okay, you know, the past year or two, I say he's probably been a little bit down. Um, but, you know, Vegas is a good team for him to try and get a comeback with. Um, and, you know, there's a quote I'll always remember about Phil Kesselgarth, and it's from Patrick Kane. And keep in mind that this is a guy that Patrick Kane that's won three Stanley Cups, played with God knows how many incredible players, uh, plays on the American national team. So many great players on there. But there was a quote, I want to say it was back in around 2015, Garth, where Patrick Kane was asked who is the greatest player he ever played with, and he said Phil Kessel. And if that isn't high praise from one of the greatest wingers that we've ever seen, one of the greatest American players of all time, just an absolute living legend in Patrick Kane. To say Phil Kessel's the greatest player he's ever played with, uh, that's just incredible to me. So um, I absolutely love this. Uh, Phil the Thrill, like they always like to call him. Um, absolutely love to see him breaking this record. Um, you know, may not make the Hall of Fame or anything like that. Um, you know, we'll see. I think if he gets to a thousand points, that would really help his cause. But um, what were your thoughts on this, Garth? And just kind of, I guess, Kessel's career and, you know, in general and, you know, what, what type of player he's been and, you know, especially this record, you know, because 990 straight games in the NHL, you know how physical it is playing hockey guard. Like, that's just crazy to think about. Yeah, first and foremost, this is an absolutely insane record to hold because, like you said, the NHL is just so tough on your body. Um, you know, and a lot of times guys play through injuries in the postseason. That's kind of the way that the NHL is, and they don't usually kind of, you know, they keep those injuries under wraps. But regular season, you know, they're pretty open about the severity of injuries, the type of injury. And, you know, when guys are banged up really badly, especially if they're key guys that they want to be, you know, healthy and 100% for postseason play, you know, they'll sit them. But this guy has just kept on chugging. Reminds me a lot, honestly, of another guy I'm a huge fan of, and Philip Rivers, no matter what you throw at this guy, you know, he's going to be out there, whether he's a hundred percent or not, he's still going to lace those skates up and be out there on the ice. Um, but yeah, this is a guy, honestly, that I became a huge fan of because I remember a while back sending you the links to him. Uh, I watched a bunch of like the behind the scenes kind of biography type specials, um, you know, on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And like you said, one guy who jumps out at you, you notice right away, 
all of his teammates say really, really good things about him. That was Phil Kessel. Uh, a lot of people might not remember this, but, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, the Penguins were a bad team by any means, but they didn't quite have the postseason success that they wanted to have. So they went out and tried to improve the team. And when they brought in Phil Kessel, it was kind of like that spark plug that really got this team going. And like you said, he was a huge part of those cup wins. Uh, one of the runs he arguably could have won the con Smythe. Uh, but, you know, a guy that I really, really like, an American, if you ask the Toronto media, he's a hot dog eating machine. <laughs> when he was up there, some where that comes from is one of the reporters said that they spotted him every single day after practice at some like hot dog stand there in Toronto eating hot dogs. Um, but, you know, everywhere he goes, everybody says nothing but good things about him. Um, you know, he's been the face of a lot of really big franchises in the, the NHL. Like he said, those Toronto Maple Leafs teams that he was on nowhere as good as they are now. And he was kind of the face of them, even though they did have their struggles. Uh, you know, he played for Boston. He played for your Penguins, the Coyotes now with the Vegas Golden Knights with a really good shot at, you know, having a good year with them. It, he did technically reach his 400th career goal last night, but I know they overruled it and he's still at that 399 mark. But yeah, you know, to reach 400 goals in your career, that's absolutely insane, uh, especially for an American born player. You know, there's not a lot of them in that category that have that many goals. Uh, and the last thing I'll say about him, and I just found it out today, reading up on him, uh, I had no idea that his rookie season in the NHL, he actually had to overcome testicular cancer. So, yep. you know, that's another just a really awesome thing to add to the list of accomplishments that this man has done both on and off the ice. I absolutely love him as a player. You know, he never played for any of my favorite teams, but I still love him. Huge, huge fan of Phil. Um, and despite not being a very big fan of the Vegas Golden Knights, for the sake of him, I wouldn't mind seeing them being a really good team this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, he is at 399, so he will hit 400 very soon. Uh, 950 points, like I said, that 1,000-point mark will be big for him, I think. Two times cup winner. Um, and like you said, Guard, rookie year, he did unfortunately have cancer, but he beat it. Absolute legend he is. He, he won the Masterson, Masterson Award excuse me, uh, for o overcoming adversity. He's got 70 game-winning goals in his career. Um, unfortunately, because he played on so many garbage Leafs teams, he is a minus 148 for his career, but, you know, what can you do? Um, it is what it is, but like you said, absolute warrior. And look, the, the Toronto media, they're brutal. Like, you know, those teams weren't very good, so who are they going to blame the most guard? They're going to blame the best player. They're going to look at him eating hot dogs and say he's lazy when clearly he's anything but. Because... Yeah, that media out there is ruthless. I know this offseason – uh, I forget exactly who it was. Maybe Marner or Matthews or somebody came out and said that, you know, there's way more like drama and animosity drummed up by the media there than any of like the actual fan base or the ownership. Yeah, it's it's the toughest place in the NHL to play. Um, real quick before we do move on, um, do you just want to pin this? Uh, Facebook is absolutely screwed today. So if you are watching, uh, we are also streaming over on YouTube at Reading Previous Sports. So if you want to leave a comment and you actually want it to be seen and not completely ignored, uh, go over to the YouTube channel and leave a comment there. Um, appreciate all the support. Hank on YouTube saying, what's up, my guys? Not much, Hank. Um, what's just up, talking Hank? About, just talking about Phil Kessel. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, look, you know, guy can eat as many hot dogs as he wants. If he plays a thousand straight games, who gives a shit, basically? Two-time Stanley Cup winner. I mean, he's had a phenomenal career, I think. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased. 
Um, but he is an American boy as well. Like I got to be biased for him a little bit as well for that. And obviously played for my team. Um, but yeah, really happy for him. Hopefully he can reach four in the goals soon as well. But moving on, we have our lucky predictions. Let me just get the list up real quick because um, I do not have it up currently, but I can get it up very quickly. Went ahead and picked the games of the week. It was very easy to pick them because there's a lot of really good matchups. And I kind of did like what we've done in the past, guards, where um, I made sure to not pick a team twice. So we have 20 different teams to pick games from. Um, I will go ahead and get the NHL schedule up as well so you have a visual guide for it. Um, so let me do that real quick. Let me share my screen. And then we'll be good to go. We're going to pick 10 games again. Obviously, that's kind of our, our routine. So let me get this up. I got a couple more comments coming in. Tom saying, excited to see the teams of the week later. We're going to get to that very soon. Really excited. Yeah, I was really that. excited to make my list, honestly. It was not not an easy week in order to limit it down to oh my God, you man. know, just one player per position or you know, three forwards, however you decided to do your list. Dude, so many so, guys, so many players, both veterans and young up and coming guys that are playing really good hockey. Dude, it's so freaking tough. Honestly, I felt bad. Some of the players I left off I was like, oh, my God, I really want to put this guy in, but I kind of like this guy a little bit more. Uh, it, it was really tough. But, yeah, really excited to get into that later. Hank saying the Toronto media makes New York look like small. Pot- hey, man, no kidding, dude. And, you know, I get it. Massive. It's the biggest hockey market in the world. They're the biggest hockey team in the world. Um, you know, they're just absolutely bonkers up there, so. Rangers abs on Tuesday. Oh my, that's right. And that's actually the first game we're going to pick guards because uh, that's an absolutely massive game. Um, bit of a hit and miss start for the Rangers so far, but look, they, they're a great team. I think they'll bounce back. Unfortunately for them, they did get absolutely boat raced by the uh, Columbus Blue Columbus Jackets. Blue Jackets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beat I them saw five that. One. Uh, Hank mentioned that he was going to the game. So I was like, uh, you know, let me check in on the score because I honestly. You know, haven't really been paying attention to that game. I think it was on Sunday, if my memory serves me correctly, and they had won 5-2, and I was in shock. Did not expect that one. Both teams are 3-2-1, um, but we both know they're very good. I, I remember we both predicted them to be the number one seeds in our conferences, Garth, and I predicted them on the Sportsbox show to actually meet in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, so this is going to be an absolute marquee matchup. Uh, Shesterkin going up against his old buddy and teammate, Georgiev Hernandez, an interesting matchup. Obviously, all the talents of Anajad, Panarin, and Fox on one side. And the other side, you have you know guys like McKinnon. Um, McCarr, obviously, has been an absolute animal. Another guy that was really contending for Team of the Week, I, I think. Um, but you guys will see if he's actually in ours for this week because there were some really good teams this week and players, obviously. But um, what are you thinking about this one, Garth? Because two really solid teams. It is at the Garden, so that's an advantage for New York. Um, both teams kind of off to, a, I guess, a slow start. I mean, you know, 3-2-1 for both teams, well, the talent they have. Um, they'll get it going, obviously. they could. I mean, these are teams that could win 10 straight if they get hot, I think. But um, where are you leaning in this one? Because I think it's a really tight matchup. Yeah, I do too. I think these are two teams that are very evenly matched on paper. Uh, they're also a good matchup for one another. Um, Colorado is kind of, you know, that really fast – paced um offensively sound team whereas new york is kind of that grinded out they want to force you to make a mistake and then once you do they pounce on it especially on the power play i think that's been the best uh thing for this new york rangers team so far is that power play with guys like sabinajad is absolutely lethal so far it looks like they literally did took no time off from postseason 
that's something in our series with them that they absolutely killed us with. Uh, so potent. Uh, but like you said, both of these teams, I wouldn't say that they're off to bad starts. I would say that they're off to a little bit slower than expected starts. You know, they've had some games where they've both looked really good. Uh, and they've also had some games where you kind of questioned what they were doing out there on the ice. Uh, in particular for me, Colorado, because there's been some games like I watched uh, when they traveled up to Calgary to take on the Flames. You know, they let up a ton of points. They did not look good defensively or in net. Uh, so this is a really interesting matchup to me. I think I'm going to go with the Rangers because they are at home there in Madison Square Garden. It is a primetime matchup, so that place is going to be rocking. And then, like you said, um, Georgia Vinette, you know, this is his first time playing against his former team on the road in MSG. Is there going to be, you know, kind of some nerves on his side of things? Is he going to, you know, look not so great tonight? I could definitely see that happening. So I'm going to go Rangers here. Uh, but I do think it'll be a good game, something like a final score of four to three. Yeah, I agree with you, Garth. I think this is basically a toss-up. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Whoever you were picking, I was picking the other team because I had no idea who to pick and just want to be a little bit different. So I'm going to pick the Avalanche to win this one. Like you said, I think it's kind of a one-goal game. Um, you know, Panarin has been absolutely ridiculous to start the year. We'll, we'll see what he can do. Uh, and the Avalanche, I, I think, will definitely get it going. Uh, Bowen Byram's going to get going for him, by the way. I mentioned this, this guy to you in preseason, Garth, as a young guy on their team, and he's starting to get it going. Basically, point per game so far as a defenseman. If he keeps yeah, playing like he that. He looks phenomenal. Playing like that with McCarr as well, that'd be big for them. Uh, Hank saying, wish I were at the Garden to watch. Yeah, that, that would be a great game to go to. Probably very expensive, though, I, I imagine. Um, but I may consider going tomorrow. I'm so glad I went to Rangers Jackets over the Yankees game. Yeah, not, not a good time to be a Yankees fan, uh, getting swept by the Astros. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, so moving on to our next game, the game right below it. Pittsburgh Penguins at the Calgary Flames. Both teams off to a pretty good start. Uh, Pittsburgh did get their first regulation loss of the season against the Oilers the other night, losing 6-3. to Leon Dreisaitl absolutely went off, but still been a great start for them. Crosby has been insane. He's got a point in basically every single game they've played. And, um, you know, really solid start. They're actually leading the Metro, which I didn't think they'd lead the Metro all year. Now, I know it's six games in pretty much, but um, good start the year for them. The other side for Coyote, like you said, good start for them as well. They absolutely destroyed uh, the Avalanche defensively in that first game and got a surprising win in that one. They're off to a 4-1 start. They are second in the Pacific Division, right behind the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, really good start for them as well. Huberto uh, has been playing well from what I've seen. I think in one of one of his recent games, he had a couple points. So he's, he's starting to get it going, you know, new surroundings um, after that big trade in the offseason. Uh, four points in five games, but no doubt he's going to he's gonna continue producing as the season goes along. Um, what are you thinking about this one, Garth? Because once, you know, two red-hot teams right here pretty much to start the year competing very well in their divisions. It is yeah, in Calgary. Another game for me that's a complete toss-up, honestly. Uh, your Pittsburgh Penguins are off to a hot start. Definitely looking, you know, better than I predicted. Not that I expected them to be a bad team by any means, but they're playing a really good brand of hockey right now. Uh, I think with them, it's just a lot of guys are contributing to success right now. You know, they're getting good play across the board in net defense and, you know, in the offensive zone as well. A lot of guys scoring and putting up points. Uh, I even saw that my guy Jan Ruda had like three or four points on the year. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, you know, got me a little bit excited. On the other side of things, you know, Calgary is only going to get better as the season goes on with these new faces. 
building up that chemistry, figuring out their lines. Uh, guys like Huberdeau and Kadri have looked good so far early in the year. Uh, Markstrom is off to another pretty solid uh, season as well. Um, you know, this is a really tough one for me to pick. Part of me wants to say Calgary because they are the home team in this one. They have looked really, really good offensively. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to go with your Pittsburgh Penguins, honestly, to bounce back. I feel like they've probably got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they jumped out early in that game against the Oilers. And then I'm pretty sure the Oilers went on to score six straight goals to come back and win that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I like them to kind of try and put that game behind them, have a really good performance there in Calgary. Uh, and also so far this season, they've told me that I need to stop betting against them, at least for the moment. So I'm going to go with your Penguins in this one. Like where you're at, Garth, uh, just because I'm a bit of a pessimist and uh, I like going against you sometimes, I go with the Flames. But like I said, you know, very close game. Two teams red hot. Um, Pittsburgh does look very good. That said, they need to start having um, better second and third periods because their thing is they get off to really good first periods and then they just kind of, you know, go into neutral basically. And it worked for them the first couple of games. But like you said, Oilers, uh, they scored like six unanswered against them. So wasn't great. Um, real quick before we do move on with our picks, if you're watching on YouTube, which I think most of you are because Facebook is screwed up tonight, make sure to subscribe if you're enjoying And obviously, if you're enjoying the video, leave a like, leave a comment. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, Pebo Bryson coming in. I haven't seen this guy before. What's up, my man? Saying what's up, guys? Not much. Who do you guys think Ragdolls Kachuk next time the Bolts <laughs> play the Panthers? Um, is this one of your sports cards, buddy, Garth? Or do you I, know I, I think it might be my friend. Christian, who I know is watching on Facebook, and he might have switched over to YouTube. I do not know his YouTube username to know for sure, but just Mm -hmm. intuition and and that comment specifically, I have a feeling (laughs) that's who that is. Uh, If so, good to have you in here tonight, buddy. Um, Hopefully, uh, somebody like Chernak gets him good if he's back for that game, Mm -hmm. Um, or uh, Perbix. (laughs) Perbix has been knocking people on their butts this season so far. I really like what I've seen out of him, the young defenseman. Uh, welcome to Perbix is kind of the meme that he's already earned himself for laying big hits on people. Hmm. Apparently yep. he's the foot fetish guy. Yep, that's Christian. <laughs> his nice. favorite his favorite player is a guy that we both like very well in Cal Foot. Uh, I love he him. has an absolutely epic uh, Cal Foot collection. Pretty much every single card that they've ever made for him. Uh, and a jersey, signed jersey as well, I believe. He's got probably the actually the best Cal Foot uh, collection here in the U.S., at least that I know of. Absolute legend, yeah. Good old Cal and Foot. I love that guy. Cal fucking Foot, as we like to call him. The absolute legend himself. <laughs> getting some some top-line minutes uh, this year. But um, I don't even remember. What game were we at? Oh, yeah, Tampa Bay Lightning at the L.A. Kings is our next one. Two teams off to kind of slow starts. A uh, bit more surprising for the Lightning, obviously, because they're definitely a team that can still contend. L.A. kind of, you know, still a young team, was really good last year, but um, maybe they'll take a step back this year. I still think they can make the playoffs. I predict they make the playoffs. I know some people did not. Some people have them as a team they'll take a step back, but I still think they can be good. Uh, this game is in L.A., but um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in this one, guard, just for one main reason in net. I think they have a big advantage. Um, no disrespect to Jonathan Quick. He's an absolute legend, but let's be honest. He's like 37 years old now, not the guy he was maybe 10 years ago. And the other side, Vasilevsky is just absolutely killing it. 
So um, I think this could be a closer game than people might expect. But uh, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to probably win this one, something like 4-2. Uh, keep an eye on Stamkos as well. Just absolutely <laughs> firing goals in net left, right, and center lately. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa. What about you in this one? Yeah, I'm going to go Tampa as well uh, just because the past – you know, we started the season off slow the past few games, even the loss to the Flyers. We've looked a lot better. Uh, I would like to see us get a little bit better in five-on-five five hockey. Uh, that's where we still have some question marks. Power play has been phenomenal, especially Stamkos. Um, you know, but we're starting to see these guys kind of get used to skating again, getting back into the speed of things. Guys like Braden Point, he's had three goals in his past uh, two games, so he's on fire right now. Uh, like you said, Steven Stamkos is absolutely lighting it up in the scoreboard. Um, you know, it sucks that this is a West Coast game that kicks off at 1030 because I'll probably catch like the first period, maybe the second. Uh, but there's no way I'm staying up for this game. You know, I, I just can't do it. I got to be up too early for work and it's too late of a game over there on the West Coast. And on the other side of the things, the Kings is a team that I really like, but they've also been very hot and cold to start this season. You know, a lot of moments where they've looked really good and a lot of moments where you've kind of questioned, okay, I can see why, you know, I said this is a young team that's, you know, still got to mature a little bit, gain that experience collectively. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on the road here, Noah, to kick off. Uh, I think it's like a three-game stint there on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christian saying, Jonathan, not so quick anymore. (laughs) Exactly, Christian. Exactly. Um, Next game. Uh, let's see what the, what the next game is. Here we go. Edmonton at the St. Louis Blues. Uh, St. Louis off to a good start as well, Garth, in the Central. Uh, they're third, but they're 3-1. and one. Unfortunately, they, they did, get, did get shut out yesterday 4 nothing by the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, that was but their first loss start. of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other side for the Oilers, they're off to a 3-3 three and three start, but we know the offense that they have. Uh, they're absolutely incredible. Uh, this is an interesting one, Garth. Uh, I'm interested in the goal matchup. Uh, Jack Campbell versus I'm going to assume it's Jordan Bennington, um, unless I'm mistaken and he's injured or something. But I believe Bennington is still the guy there. Um, so this is an interesting matchup. I think this is a close one. Uh, the Blues are off to a really good start, which I'm not surprised at all. They're a very good team. But, yeah, Bennington this year, Garth, 940 save percentage, 1.65 goals against average. He looks really good in the three games he's played so far. And I think that's going to be a big advantage for him. And that's why I'm going to pick the St. Louis Blues to win this game in a tight one. I think it'll be close. Probably something like a 4-3. Um, I know St. Louis looks great. Bennington looks great. But I don't think they're going to exactly shut up McDavid and Drysaddle or anything like that. Um, but they're just off to a really good start. So I think they'll just be able to edge it out. Uh, if this were like a month or two in the season and uh, Edmonton, you know, is firing all cylinders, maybe I'd go with them. But St. Louis looks really solid to start the year. I know that I know they lost last night, but look, that's ha- that happens to every team at some point. So give me the Blues in this one, Garth. Yeah, this will be the second game in a row that we agree on. Uh, you know, outside of the shutout loss to Winnipeg, which was the first time they had been shut out in like three or four years, crazily enough. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I think it was like 2019, mm-hmm. if my memory serves me correctly, but. Uh, Bennington has looked absolutely phenomenal in goal. Defensively, they've looked really good as well. You know, that one game last night, like you said, that that happens from time to time. I don't really pay too much into that when I look at the other games that they've played more so. Uh, you know, they've just looked really, really good so far this season. This is a team that I'm very high on because I like their goalie. Um, you know, I, I think they've got a really good mix of 
young up-and-coming players, guys like Jordan Cairo, and they've also got a lot of good proven veterans that have a lot of postseason experience, guys like O'Reilly. Um, so, you know, I, I like the Blues at home in a close one here. Uh, like you said, Edmonton, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, even Evander Kane, those guys are going to get theirs in this game. But I think mm-hmm. they'll do enough to slow them down and, and pull off like a one or two goal win here. Uh, you know, something something probably like a five to four, four to three, something like that. Blues at home, get it done. Speaking of the St. Louis Blues, Garth, uh, one of their former goaltenders, Ville Husso, went to the Detroit Red Wings in the offseason. And that's the next game we're going to pick, the Red Wings at the Bruins. And Husso's off to a good start to the year. Uh, 2-0-1 record, 2.00 goals against average, 939 save percentage. And like we said, Olmark has been great on the other side for the Bruins as well. Uh, Pasternak has been incredible to start the year, 10 points in the first six games. Uh, Kubalik on the other side has been Detroit's best player with four goals and uh, a couple assists as well, basically point per game. So he's doing great. Uh, or excuse me, three goals for Kubalik, four for David Perron, another veteran guy on that team. Um, there are some injuries in this game. Larkin is day-to-day, and then we already mentioned the guys for the Bruins. They, they have some key players banged up. But this is an interesting matchup, Garth, because like we said, uh, the Bruins are off to a great start, but the Red Wings, really young, promising team. They're 3-0-2 as well. They have not lost in regulation to start the year, so really good start for them. Um, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, this is a tough one for me to call. All these are really, really good matchups, in my opinion. Uh, Detroit is that kind of young up-and-coming team with a ton of promising talent that I'm very high on, especially over the course of the next few seasons. Uh, And then the Bruins, you know, I think I got to go with them in this one now just because so far they've kind of, like, shooken me and said, hey, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're going to compete this year. Don't mark us off yet. Uh, you know, fantastic start as we talked about in, earlier in the broadcast. I got to go with the Bruins at home in this one. No, I think that they're just red hot right now. They're playing their brand of hockey, uh, and they're going to do enough to win there at home in TD Garden. Uh, and the crowd will probably be pretty good for that one. Boston versus Detroit. That's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's like a crazy, insane rivalry, but it's definitely a pretty good game that the fans should show out for. Uh, Bruins get it done here. Yeah, this is. Great rivalry, uh, original six rivalry as well, Garth, uh, which those games are always great. But, um, yeah, Boston is definitely a good pick here, Garth, but I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Um, Detroit is hot as well, and, um, look, I think all streaks are made to end, so while Boston's off to a great start, I love Detroit's young talent. Um, Boston, you know, really solid pick for sure, but I picked Detroit and kind of an upset here. I think they can get it done and get a win. I'm going to go with overtime as well. I'll go ahead and predict that, maybe overtime or shootout. Um, Christian says, Eisenman has built another team. The league needs to be on alert. Yeah, the guy's a genius, man. Like, yeah, me and him know firsthand how he is at building teams with our Tampa Bay Lightning. It's just absolutely insane. The guy is just a, a hockey genius, pretty much. Uh, but moving on to the next game, um, uh, two teams that are kind of doing better. Than, well, definitely one is doing way better than I thought they would. Montreal at Buffalo. Um, Buffalo, like you mentioned a bit earlier, Garth, briefly, is off to a really good start. And Montreal, they're actually 3-3, three and three, which considering how terrible I think the roster is and how young and raw it is, um, is really good for them now. They are playing the Wild right now, who are also up to, you know, not great start for them. They are losing currently one nothing the Canadians. But decent start for them, actually, you know, to be 506 games. And the other side for the Sabres, uh, absolutely incredible. Like you said, 
Um, their goaltending has been really great. Now they are giving up way too many shots, which is like you said, not a recipe for success. It's nice that Comrie's bailed them out a couple games, making like 40 plus saves, but they can't do that consistently. Darlene's been incredible for them. Uh, five goals in like five straight games or something like that. And NHL right like has never been done for, before is incredible. And Alex Tuke, uh on the forward core, like you mentioned, Garth, has been absolutely phenomenal point per game as well. On the other side for the Canadians, still no carry price for them, pretty much. So, but they're you know they're they're overachieving inside. They're they're definitely doing a, a pretty solid job. Like I said, they actually be five hundred so far. Um, with a Ross, let's be honest, let's be honest, is pretty bare. Uh, your guy Marty St. Louis behind the bench as well. They did retain him for this year. Nick Suzuki has been point per game, five, seven points in six games. Caulfield's been solid. Uh, they did bring in Sean Monahan. He's been pretty good. And Kirby Doc, they got. Uh, but Jake Allen, you know, has been leading the way for him. And, you know, in place of Carey Price, 913 save percentage, 2.77 goals against the average. Not bad at all. Um, so what are you thinking about this one, Gar? Two, two teams that, you know, roster-wise are pretty much near the bottom of the league. But so far, they've actually been pretty competitive. Yeah, Buffalo out to an absolutely blazing hot start to the season. Uh, getting a lot of good play out of their young guns and also really good play there in net. Um, you know, and then on the other side of things, Montreal uh, sitting there at five and or 500 rather, uh, but they've played really tough. You know, all these games that they've been in, I think they've been in every single one where they've at least had a solid chance of winning the game, whether they did or not. Uh, you know, you mentioned some guys there. Nick Suzuki has looked really good for them a guy that I'm really high on and a really big fan of in Cole Caulfield. He's looked pretty solid for them. Uh, cool storyline on the Montreal side of things. He mentioned today, actually, that growing up, he wore the number 26 because he grew up as a fan of Marty St. Louis. And now that he's his coach awesome. is kind of a dream come true. So that was really cool for me to see. Uh, obviously, I've got a soft spot for them having one of my franchise's most iconic players ever be their head mm-hmm. coach. You know, it, it's a little bit easier to want to root for them and see them do well. Uh, and then just a lot of young guys that I like, like Slavkovsky and Cole Caulfield. Um, but I think in this one, Noah, I got to go with the Sabres just because they are the, the team out of these two that's absolutely red hot on a tear. They're playing really good hockey. They've got a lot of guys contributing. It's not been just like a one or a two man show. You mentioned it, you know, Rasmus Dahlin has looked absolutely phenomenal on that blue line contributing to scoring. Uh, Alex Tuke, a uh, guy I'm a really big fan of, and J.J. Paterka has had, mm-hmm. I think, three goals for them and like five or six points total. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Sabres here. It should be a good game, though, because like I said, the Canadians have fought hard all year. Uh, but I got to go with the Sabres in this one. Well, Garth, we're going to go in, go in different directions again because I'm going to pick the Canadians and kind of an upset, like you said. Buffalo's been off to a great start, but like you mentioned earlier in the show, giving up way too many shots. And we know that Montreal has the young talent like a Suzuki, like a Caulfield, um, that can really, you know, make them pay, I think, if they keep giving up way too many shots. Um, so, you know, I think this would be another close one, but I'm thinking probably like a 4-3 or 3-2 type game. Definitely a one-score game, in my opinion. But I'm going to pick Montreal in a little bit of an upset here. I think uh, they can get it done in this one. Now, moving on to the next game, uh, the Minnesota Wild. Facing the Ottawa Senators, two teams that kind of got off to slow starts, but Ottawa has won a couple games in the row now. They're starting to get it going. Their offense has been incredible, guard. I was looking for my player of the week, you know, looking at the stats, and, man, they got some guys. Shane Pinto has been phenomenal. Batherson has been great. 
Um, Stutzla, you know, is another guy contributing. Obviously, Kachuk. Kachuk was one of the best players in the entire league uh, the past week. Um, so they're starting to get that offense going that we knew they could in the in the preseason. You know, we identified that as their clear biggest strength. Um, uh, real quick, I did miss a comment. Christian saying the Habs actually have a, co- a coach they respect now. Absolutely, franchise le- uh, legend like that, um, and a Canadian guy as well. So you know, it's all you know, you know how the Montreal loves getting those you know French Canadian guys in their guard. So that's another bonus for them as well. But you know, Tampa Lightning legend got a lot of that, but. Um, yeah, this is an interesting matchup. Uh, Minnesota's off to a really slow start. They're 1-3-2. Like I said, they are winning right now, one nothing. We'll see if they can hold on for that. But Ottawa's kind of started to get it going, Garth. And I really like Ottawa this year. So you know what? I'm going to pick Ottawa to win this game in a close one. Um, I'm going to go 3-2. I think the Senators can beat them. What about you? Yeah, I'm all aboard this Ottawa Senators hype train. I got to stick with my kind of preseason pick that this team would make a strong case to be a postseason contender, or rather, not really postseason contender, but make a push to be in the postseason. Um, and like you said, this offense has really finding its way right now. When I sat down to do my team of the week, there was like three or four guys that, you know, made a case for me to warrant putting them on my team of the week. You know, Tachuk has looked phenomenal, one of the best players in the league so far. Uh, Drake Batherson has looked really, really good. Shane Pinto, a guy who I like. Looks mm-hmm. like he might finally be coming into his own there. Another young up-and-coming guy, uh, Claude Giroux, or as ESPN likes to call him, Muriel. He's been contributing yes. offensively. Uh, our guy Stutzla, he only has like one or two goals, but he's already up to like five or six assists. So, you know, he's been contributing as well. This team's really starting to get it going offensively, and that's going to be the recipe for success this season. I don't think that they're going to have like an elite defense. They're not going to get crazy good mm-hmm. goaltending. They've just got to be able to score at force, kind of like we saw with the Florida Panthers last season. Uh, you know, and on the other side of things, I do like the Wild as well. Kaprizov is one of my favorite players in the NHL, but I'm going to go with Ottawa here to get it done behind a red-hot scoring offense. All right, moving on to the next game. We have the Florida Panthers at the Philadelphia Flyers. Two teams off to really good starts. Obviously, it's uh, way more unexpected for the Flyers because they do not have a good roster. Um, but the Panthers are red hot as well. And for the Flyers, uh, I believe they started off the season three and oh, Garth. We were talking about them last year or last, last year, last week is, you know, really surprising team. But since then, I think they've gone one and two. I want to say uh, they did get shut out by the Sharks. I remember that. And they actually already played the Panthers last week and they lost that game as well. Four three. Um, so will it be a repeat? I think it will. Um, I think, you know, Flyers, a credit them for off to a good start, but, Panthers are even hotter, and I think the roster is way better. So, um, honestly, I don't even think this one will be – this is probably the most lopsided game I'm going to pick here, Garth. I think Florida wins this game like 5-2 or something like that. I think guys like Kachuk, like you said, or even Barkov, just, you know, have a great game in this one. Um, expose, you know, Flyers defense that got off to a good start, but overall, roster-wise, talent-wise, isn't the best. Um, Carter Hart has been playing great. Got to give him credit. Definitely a guy that I consider for team of the week. I just think Florida has a bit too much. So I'm going to pick Florida to win this one pretty convincingly. Yeah. On the side of the Philadelphia Flyers, shout out Carter Hart. He has played phenomenal for this team so far, been a large reason in why they've won. Um, it's looking like he might've finally regained that confidence that we saw out of him back in the bubble playoffs. Um, I did also see today earlier on that, They lost uh, JVR out and definitely has to have a surgery. 
on his hand. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Florida in this one. No, I think that the Flyers got off to a hot start, kind of overachieved. I'm not very high on them for the remainder of the season. Uh, I'm going Panthers in this one. They've looked really good offensively, even in the games that they've lost. Uh, and a guy that I like there is looking to get it going in Antoine Lindell. He did score his first goal of the season uh, just, mm -hmm. I think, last night or the night before. And then you've got guys like Tachuk, Barkov. You know, there's just there's so much firepower there. I like the Panthers in this one. All right, moving on to the next one. Garth and I agree on that one. The Washington Capitals. Facing the Dallas Stars. Dallas, like I said, off to a great start, 4-1-1. Pavelski's been point per game. Robinson's killing it. Artie has five assists and a plus six. The other side, Ovechkin, <laughs> this guy just gives the middle finger to father time, basically. So Artie has, has three goals in six games this year. Looks like it's going to be another easy 40-goal season for him. Connor Sherry, another guy, my former guy, you know, my guy, another former Pittsburgh Penguin, four goals already to start the year. Dylan Strom has been pretty good with five assists. And in net, um, this is where I'm kind of leaning with the stars, Garth. Darcy Kemper. Um, he is 3-2, and two, but he has an 899 save percentage and 3.04 goals against average. On the other side, we know what the Otter can do in Jake Ottinger. 959 save percentage, 1.25 goals against average. It's still early in the year, Garth, but my Vesna pick looking pretty solid so far. So I think just because um, I have a lot more faith in the Dallas defense and obviously in net, um, I'm picking Jake Ottinger over Darcy Kemper any day of the week. Um, I think Dallas will edge this one out. I think it'll be a close game. I think Ovechkin, look for Ovechkin to score a goal in this game. There's a real hot take. Um, but um, I'm going to go Dallas to win this one, something like 4-2. What are you thinking about this one? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree again here on this game, Noah. Like you said, Jake Ottinger has been absolutely phenomenal in that. And then, you know, the offense has really gotten it going. Like you said, Joe Pavelski has looked really good. He's another one of those guys that's kind of like an ageless wonder that refuses to let father time get the best of him and slow him down. Uh, and then a guy that I am a really big fan of, a young young up-and-coming star. He hasn't really gotten the recognition I think he deserves quite yet because he just had a monster season that kind of flew under the radar. And Jason Robertson, he's off to a good start again, mm -hmm. uh, looking for better performances this season from guys like Ben and Seguin. Um, I'm going to go the stars here. I think, like you said, Ovechkin might get it going in this one, get a goal or two. Uh, you can't ever stop that guy. <laughs> this is yeah. a guy that you could, you know, all those memes that we make with like Tom Brady and stuff where he's got this <laughs> big, huge white beard and he's still throwing for touchdown passes. Mm -hmm. That is Ovechkin of the National Hockey League who might actually go longer than Tom Brady, honestly. Uh, so, you know, I think it'll be a good hard fought game. But yeah, stars for sure is getting my pick for this one. Um, yeah, he, he's an ageist wonder, and he stays healthy as well, which is why he has a really great shot at breaking Gretzky's goal record. Um, but moving on to our 10th and final game, Garth, we have a, a matchup of a team that's definitely really underachieving and a young team that has gotten off to an okay start, and that's the Vancouver Canucks at the Seattle Kraken, um, 10 p.m. Thursday night. So that should be an interesting one. Might stay up to watch that. I think this will be a, a game that's way more interesting than people might expect just because, you know, Teams aren't great to start the year, uh, both of them struggling, um, but they're both desperate to get some points, especially Vancouver. They're off to a really bad start, like I mentioned way earlier in the show. And while I, I do like what Seattle's done to start the year, um, especially their younger guys, Garth, they, they're getting production from you know a decent amount of guys. Um, Schwartz is one of their veteran guys as well. He has six points, uh, three goals and three assists. 
Burakovsky, they got in the offseason, has been solid for them as well in Eberle. Um, but, you know, the young guys really excited to see if Ben Years keeps playing well. And the other side, Pedersen and Horvat need to keep playing well, especially with Hughes out. But neither of these goalies are doing well, Garth. We mentioned Demko a little earlier. Martin Jones on the other side, uh, 860 save is 3.91 goals against average. So he's really struggling as well. I think this will be a very high-scoring game. But Vancouver is absolutely desperate to get a win. They're the worst record in the NHL right now, still searching for their first win of the season. I think this will be an absolute crazy game, probably a shootout, Garth. But I think Vancouver just will want it a little bit more because they desperately need a win. I'm going to go Vancouver to win this game 6-5. to five. So with this one, everything within me tells me to pick Vancouver. They're finally going to get their first win of the season. They're desperate. Um, but with that said, I'm going all aboard the Matty Beignets train. Shane Wright recorded his first point the other night. They've gotten great play out of guys like Eberle Burakovsky, acquired from the Colorado Avalanche in the offseason. You know, this is a roster that's still got a lot of holes. Uh, Goaltending is a major question mark, but, you know, I like this team a lot. I like a lot of this younger talent like Beignets and Wright. Uh, I think that they're going to get it done at home. Like you said, it'll probably be a game that's high scoring, not a lot of defense played. Neither one of the goaltenders looks great in this one. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Kraken at home. Hopefully another big performance by Matty Beignets, who's off to a strong start in his uh, kind of debut run towards a Calder Trophy. All right, so Garko win the Kraken with that one, and that will conclude our picks. So we'll go ahead and uh, remove this real quick. Uh, just get rid of that as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, really solid picks once again for myself and Garth. I believe, funny enough, this is not intentional. I think we agreed on five games and disagreed on five games. So perfectly balanced as all things should be, as Thanos would like to say. But um, real quick before we do get off here, um, time for our last segment, and honestly probably my favorite segment to do, which is our teams of the week, where we you know choose our favorite players of the week, uh, three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie, the players that we believe performed the best in the past week. Um, as always, uh, we will start with Garth in this one. And Garth has some interesting picks this week. Um, so, you know, just go ahead and run us through your team of the week, Garth, and, you know, your reasoning for picking all these players. You got Brady Kachuk, Steven Stankos, Alex Took, Rasmus Dahlien, Bowen Byram, Connor Hellebuck, and then honorable mentions, you have Drake Batherson, Neil Pionk, and Ilya Samsonov. So go ahead and run us through it. Yep. So, like you said, this is probably easily my favorite segment of the show that we've done so far. Um, you know, it's just really cool to sit down and kind of, you know, unbiasedly make arguments, you know, why should this guy be on my team? Oh, well, this guy also looks really good. You know, okay, what's kind of the difference to make me leave this guy off or put this guy on? Uh, it's just really cool. And then also, you know, you really evaluate players from other teams that aren't on your favorite team. Because as you can see, I've only got one guy from the Tampa Bay Lightning on here. I don't think I had a single Tampa Bay Lightning player last week. I've been trying not to just pick a bunch of my guys from my favorite team. Uh, but, you know, first and foremost, Brady Tuchuk, he has been kind of the leading horseman there for the Ottawa Senators. That offense has been absolutely phenomenal the past week. Uh, the reason why I picked him is, you know, he had some something ridiculous, like four or five goals, you know, two or three points. He was close to 10 points total over the past week. I just couldn't leave him off the list. 
as I mentioned, a lot of guys on the Ottawa Senators team made very strong cases to be on this list. Him, uh, guys like Drake Batherson there, my honorable mentions, Shane Pinto, Tim Stutzla, uh, not really so much Claude Giroux, but he's also been playing well. Uh, so this is a guy who, you know, in terms of scoring, producing offensively, has been one of the best in the league so far this season. And especially, you know, over the past week where we kind of used to actually select our players. Uh, then there at center, my guy for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the captain, Steven Stammer Stamkos. Uh, he made a really strong case to be on my list last week. I just let him off trying not to be too biased. Uh, but the guy continued his hot streak. It seems like every single night this guy's scoring two or three goals on an absolute tear. So far this season, he has scored a goal in every single game that we've played. Uh, he leads the NHL with, I believe, it's seven goals on the season. Could not leave him off the list uh, for a team that's still trying to find more offensive production from some of the bottom six guys in the forward group. He leads the way, you know, it's like we're never out of a game, Noah, because this guy can go off for two or three goals any night of the week, and he's still doing it at 32, almost 33 years old. Uh, I mentioned it to you earlier. He might not be the skater that he was earlier in his career, but that Mm -hmm. shot, especially that slap shot on the power play and in transition five-on-five hockey is still as good as ever. Perfect puck placement to get it past the goalies. Um to round out my forward group there at right winger, Alex Tuke, a guy who came over from, I believe, the Vegas Golden Knights to join this Buffalo Sabres roster. He is kind of one of the few veteran presence on this team. Uh, and like I said earlier in the broadcast a few times, there's a lot of guys on that team that are looking good, contributing offensively. He led the way in terms of goal scored and overall points. That's why I gave him the nod. Uh, but, you know, very, very deserving guys there in Buffalo, guys like J.J. Paterka. Uh, as well, but I had to go with old Tuke, the veteran leadership, another older guy who makes it there in my forward group to chuck one of the younger guys. Uh, but yeah, moving on to defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. He uh, tied Victor Hedman, started the season off with three straight goals in his first three games. Then he continued to break that record the following game with four straight. And I believe he ended up with five straight and that streak is still alive. Um, the last two players to do what he's done, have both won the Norris Trophy, uh, Cal McCarr and Roman Yossi. So we'll see if that pans out for him for the rest of the season, whether it does or not. He has been on an absolute tear offensively. It's, you know, we see it with McCarr. It's kind of unfair when defensemen can be this good offensively. They can kind of jump up in the play, kind of, uh, you know, the, the defense doesn't really account for them because they expect for them to hang back around that blue line, play it safe you know, because they've got to be there to, to stop a breakout should it happen, uh, you know, but he's been phenomenal. The other side of things, you know, me and you talked about him earlier, Bowen Byram, he has been absolutely huge opposite Kale McCarr. Uh, McCarr gets all the credit there in Colorado, rightfully so, but this is a guy who is really coming on hot, guys. He's only, I believe, 23 or 24, so he's just barely coming into the prime of his NHL career. He is another defenseman that is absolutely lethal in the scoring department. He's looked good so far. And then to round out my team of the week, this was probably the toughest position to pick for me now because there's been a lot of good goalie performances. You know, Carter Hart, in my honorable mentions there, I've got Samsonov up in Toronto. He's been playing phenomenal, 3-0 and for them. A uh, guy that I mentioned to you uh, earlier in the day, Mackenzie Blackwood there for the New Jersey, Je- De- New Jersey Devils, excuse me. They've strung together some wins. 
He's mm-hmm. looked phenomenal for them. Absolutely insane stats. Uh, I had to go with Hellebuck, though, just because, you know, I believe he's something like 4-0 right now. His stats are pretty much on par with all those other guys. And I'm just really biased towards this guy. This is a guy that I really like. He plays for a small market team in the Winnipeg Jets. Doesn't get a lot of the spotlight, but he's been solid his entire career. And that's really the only reason I decided to go with him over everybody else. Um, but yeah, overall, really fun week to, to do this. And it was really tough to narrow it down even to just these guys and the honorable mentions for me. Yeah, it was really tough. There were some really good players that being left off. Uh, love all your picks. I think they're all really solid. Um, I have gone in a little bit of a different direction with my picks, so we'll go ahead and put mine up right now. Um, so I'm going to start with Svechnikov because he was the first one I put in my team when I was looking through the stats. Um, how about this guard? Last week, he had six goals. He had two goals against the crack, and he had a hat trick against the Oilers. Granted, it was in a losing effort. And then he had another goal in the Vancouver against the Vancouver Canucks in a winning effort. He has seven points in his last four games. He's been absolutely killing it. On the other side, Nakushkin, just been really solid. Kind of flown under the radar because you don't typically think of him on the avalanche because of all the star talent he has. But so far this year, he has 11 points in six games, six goals. And this past week, multiple multi-point games. He had three points against the Wild, two against the Jets and the Kraken, and then he added one against the Vegas Golden Knights the other night. So he's been absolutely killing it. And in the middle, Brady Kachuk, like you said, Garth. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now, the best player in the NHL the past week. He's been absolutely killing it. Four games played since last Tuesday, Garth. Three points against the Bruins two against the Capitals, two against the Coyotes, and two against the Stars. Four straight multi-point games and one three-point game. Absolutely killing it. Showing the potential we all knew he had. You know, a guy that's definitely been overshadowed, I think, a bit by his brother. But, hey, this guy can play as well. And he's starting to take his game to the next level, I'd say. Ten points in six games to start the year. Five goals. Absolutely shredding it. And, you know, I know I mentioned you, Garth. I like to typically have one center and two for, uh, two wingers on my team's. But I just couldn't do it this week, man. These three guys were way too good to be left off. And like you said, that's still leaving off guys. Like, you know, Stamkos was definitely considered. Sebastian Ajo is another guy that I really considered one of the honorable mentions. Um, Tuke, like you said, so, you know, this was really tough. I went with Darlene as well because, like you said, um, five five goals or whatever it was to start the year, which is absolutely insane. Like you said, the only other two guys that have done that have won the Norris Trophy. Uh, he has eight points in five games. He's also a plus eight, so he's doing good on both sides of the ice. Um, really contributing to the Sabres' great start. 12 block shots in five games as well as absolutely phenomenal. He's hitting as well, so just kind of doing a bit of everything, man. Like you said, you know, definitely it, it's very early, only six games in the year basically, but a very early Norris contender uh, to start the year. Uh, John Carlson is another guy. Um, doesn't quite have um, – you know, the good plus minus because Capital's been struggling, but he's one of the league leaders in block shots so far. He's in the top five, and he's point per game as well. So I went with him as my second defenseman. I almost went with Bo and Byron. My other audible mention, it was very tough between those two. But um, like I said, I typically try to keep it to one player per team. So I just I just put in John Carlson. Barely hit a Bo and Byron because of that. And then in net, probably my most surprising selection, but when I was looking through the stats, Garth, James Reimer of the San Jose Sharks has been absolutely phenomenal the past week. He's 3-0. He has a – let me just do a quick calculation on this one, Garth. I think it's like a 950 save percentage. He got a shutout last night – or excuse me, the night before last against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, he had 41 saves a couple nights ago 
in a losing effort against the New York Islanders. Uh, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. So I went with him. Um, like I said, Linus Olmark has been absolutely incredible for the Bruins. He is my other honorable mention, but um, man, I just got to say this was freaking really tough to pick. He's some great players being left out. And I still think, you know, we made some great choices in our teams, made, you know, pretty much the right choices. But man, like you said, it, it was really hard. Uh, Christian saying, has there ever been a Kachuk that doesn't look like they need a punch <laughs> in the face? Um, maybe their dad, maybe Keith Kachuk, who knows? But um, I can tell you guys firsthand, uh, the Tachucks are not very well liked here in Tampa, especially after the other I night. Uh, I yeah. won't get into details, but definitely a very questionable uh, play on our guy Nikita Kucherov did not sit well with the fan base. So until further notice, the Tachucks are on very thin ice with the Tampa Bay Lightning fan base. All right. Well, uh, that's all our segments for tonight. We've gone a little bit long. Um, unfortunately, we had to start a little bit late. Uh, Hank's show does start in eight minutes, so we kind of need to wrap this up real quick. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Lots of comments tonight, lots of reactions. Sorry that Facebook screwed up, but appreciate everyone heading over to YouTube and to keep on commenting. Um, <laughs> sign Zach Cassian for a game. Um, yeah, I said him or, or uh, Lucic. Either or will get the job done. <laughs> absolutely. But, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for watching. Support was great once again. We'll be back next Tuesday. But until then, Garth, do you have any kind of last words to wrap up the show here tonight? Just a huge thank you to everybody that tuned in. Like Noah said, Facebook made it a little bit more difficult tonight with not being able to have you guys comment there on Facebook. But, you know, you guys stuck with us. You hopped over onto YouTube, blew up the comment section. Thank you guys for tuning in uh, and hope to see you again next week as hockey, you know, each week we get a little bit more into the season and another step closer to postseason hockey. In my opinion, the greatest postseason in sports. Cannot wait. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, blowing up the comment section tonight. Absolutely. You guys kill it as usual. Until next show, uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, as always, with Episode 8. Crazy to think we're already going to be on Episode 8. Just absolute blast so far. Time is flying doing these shows. But until then, uh, that is my co-host and good buddy, Garth Charger Patrick, a uh, Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And from myself, Noah Dog Dabber, your resident Pittsburgh Penguins fan, we'll be back next time. Until then, enjoy your sports, enjoy your hockey, and have a good one.